0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Gay Men Going Deeper. This is a podcast by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about personal development, mental health, and sexuality. We are your hosts. My name is Michael Diorio. I am a life and wellness coach specializing in sexuality, relationships, and self-confidence. We also have Matt Lancetel. He is an intuitive life and spiritual coach and counselor, focusing on healing and empowerment. And we have Reno Johnston. He is a spiritual life, love, and business coach. We each have our own coaching practices, but in this podcast, we're sharing all of our best stuff. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about our money mindset. Some of the questions we'll be unpacking today are, what is your relationship with money? Have you ever suffered a financial setback and how did that affect your money mindset? And if you won $1 million, how would your life change and how would it remain the same? So we're excited to jump into this today. We've never actually done a podcast specifically about money. So this is going to be a fun one. Okay, a few reminders for our uh, audience out there. Uh, We do continue this discussion on the last Thursday of every month in the Gay Men's Brotherhood Zoom Hangout. This is where we give you guys, our viewers and listeners, a chance to share your own thoughts on the topics that we discuss here. So if you want to join us, go to the Gay Men's Brotherhood Facebook group and check out the events tab to RSVP. We'll also put the link in the show notes. Now, if you don't have Facebook, that's okay. All you got to do is get on our email list and we'll email you the Zoom link the day before. Okay. <clears throat> a reminder that this podcast and YouTube channel channel are listener and viewer supported. So if you enjoy what we're creating here, you can support us by making a donation using the link in the show notes. You could also subscribe to get early access to episodes on Apple Podcasts. All of your support helps us to continue making content and supporting our community. So we thank you very much in advance for that. And finally, if you're looking to accelerate your personal development journey, please check out our coaching collection. It includes our two courses, Healing Your Shame and Building Better Relationships. Plus, it includes over 45 premium personal development coaching videos on topics relating to body positivity, relationships, self-confidence, and community. So you can head over to GayMenGoingDeeper.com for more info. All right, let's jump into today's topic on money mindset. So as I like to do, I want to start off by explaining what I mean when I say money mindset to me. This is my, my personal definition of it. We can get get more into this um, as we go on. So money isn't good or bad on its own. It's neutral. It doesn't, it doesn't have anything, right? But your thoughts about money are not likely to be neutral. So every one of us has a money mindset, whether you know it or not, your money mindset is the combination of your thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs about money. So that's what we're talking about when we say money mindset, your thoughts, attitudes, and beliefs about money. And this, in my opinion, is what determines your experience in real life in and around money with money. Okay. So your money mindset has probably been influenced by your upbringing and the people that you spend the most amount of time with, your peers in your, in your day-to-day life. Some of your money mindset may be very useful. Some of it may not be so useful. Either way, it will feel very true to you. And you know your, what your money mindset is when you find yourself justifying it, even if it's not helpful for you. Mm-hmm. So some examples of some common thoughts about money that you've probably heard in the world. Money is the root of all evil money doesn't grow on trees. I heard that one a lot. Rich people are greedy. There's never enough money. You have to work really hard to make money. I also heard that one a lot as a kid. Money doesn't matter. And money's all that matters. Two very different things, right? So these are some common thoughts. So depending on what your money mindset is, You may be creating a relationship with money that is based on scarcity, financial hardship, maybe greed. Maybe you're overspending, maybe you're perpetually under earning. You could be overworking. Or on the more positive side of things, maybe you're creating a relationship that is based on abundance and flow and wealth and freedom and fun, generosity. These are all nice words, right? So the good news is, of course, If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that you can always change your money mindset, just like you can change your mindset about anything you want. So our goal here today is to get you thinking about your money mindset so that it's conscious and intentional. Because like I said, we we all have one, whether we know it or not. So we're not here. I'm going to say this from the jump. I'm going to speak on behalf of Matt and Reno because I'm pretty sure they agree with me on this. We are not here today to tell you how to think about money. That's not what we're doing today. We are going to share our own thoughts and experiences with money in our own lives in hopes that that will inspire you to create a money mindset that helps you live the life you most want to live. Okay. So to help with this, I'm going to start off by pulling out some of my own favorite money beliefs from my own mind. So this is this is me talking about my own experience and I'll use this as an example. <clears throat> and this actually will answer the first question for us, which is what is your money mindset? What are What's your relationship with money? I'm going to use this as as my answer to that. So I'll give you guys uh, five that I, well, four that I really like, and the last one is iffy. We'll get to that, okay? So the first one I love when I thought about what what is my money mindset is money doesn't buy you happiness. (laughs) I agree, and I fully believe this, and I love having this. How do I know this is true? Because there are lots of happy people without money, and there are lots of unhappy people that have lots of money. So clearly, these two things are not, Maybe they're related, but there's no causation here, okay? Um, So I know that happiness does not come from having money. Happiness comes from having a positive mindset. I know that, right? Also, I've been in situations where I've had lots of money and I've been unhappy. I've also been in situations where I haven't had lots of money and I've been very happy, right? So I've seen that in my own personal life. So that's one that I love. Another one that I love is uh, the best things in life are free. That one makes me feel good. Uh, or, Or I'll say, or in brackets, or cost very little. Um, some of my favorite things in life, being in nature, um, I love getting on my bike, riding around the city, exploring new places. Uh, I love spending time with my family and friends very much. I love writing. I love creating. So if you think about it, even if you took all my money away, I could still have these things. I could still have my friends and family, be in nature, ride my bike and write and create. So that's a good thing, but that doesn't mean that money doesn't matter at all. I don't, I don't believe that that's, this is. I do think money matters, absolutely, because for me, having money, in my experience, has been able to enrich, huh, good word, and enhance all of these mm-hmm. things, right? So let's let's look at that So I said I like spending time in nature. Sure, I can walk outside, go to the park, and there I'm in nature. But with money, that affords me the luxury of travel. I can go visit Matt in Calgary and go look at nature in the Rockies. I can go to Thailand and the beaches there. So I can enhance my, the joys that I have experiencing time in nature. Um, with my family and friends, sure. I could just, you know, go for a walk with my friend down the street. That's fine. But what money does is it gives us an opportunity to enhance the experiences we have. I can go for nice dinners. We can go on vacations together, go to parties and concerts and have these experiences. When it comes to exploring, obviously I can explore the world beyond just my bike on the city, my going on my bike and exploring the city. I can get on a plane and go anywhere I want. And then when it comes to writing and creating, when I have money, I can afford to pay for coaching and develop my skills that then allows me to create at a higher level, which is great. I'm kind of investing in myself, which is nice. Okay. So money, all the best things in life are free and money enhances those things. So I want to hold those both at the same time. Um, The other one I like is that money gives me options. It opens doors that I wouldn't have otherwise. Right. So when I have money, I have more time. (laughs) When I have money, I can help my loved ones. Um, I can be generous with it, I can donate it, I can I can give it away if I have lots of it. Um, I can invest it, I can spend it. It's just nice to have those options. And that for me feels really good. And then the last one, which I said is kind of iffy. Uh, money comes, money goes. I say this a lot. Money comes, money goes. So that sounds nice. <laughs> I like the money comes part, but then the money goes part sometimes reminds me that not to take it for granted that you know, having just because I might have it today doesn't mean I'm going to have it tomorrow. So it does at the same time create a little bit of a fiscal conservativeness within me. And it reminds me to save and it just reminds me not to take it for granted. So I don't, I don't know if that's necessarily good or bad, but I do feel a bit more anxious in my body when I think the thought money comes, money goes. Okay. Mm. So overall, those are some of my top five money thoughts and beliefs. Uh, so you can kind of get an idea for my relationship with money today. It wasn't always this way. We can get into that later. Um, so overall, I would say my relationship with money is a good one. I like it. I, I feel good about money. Um, it isn't the most important thing to me, but I also enjoy making it. I enjoy having it and I enjoy spending it. And there's nothing wrong with that. I feel no shame saying that. Mm. So that's me, guys. That's that's a bit of my relationship with money. So let's turn it over to our co-host today. And today I'm going to start with Matt.
1: All right. Yeah, thanks for the the introduction Michael. That was really good. It stimulated some things in me. Um I always like when I don't have to host <laughs> cuz then I get to like you know kind of stew a bit and, um so thank you for that. Um <clears throat> Yeah, what come up for me. So I grew up with I would say like middle class. Um my dad really instilled a lot of responsibility in me around money so he told me you know I wanted a car so bad I got my learner's license when I was 14 the day I had my car when I was 15 and it sat in the garage for almost like eight months before I turned 16 so the day I turned 16 so I'd go in there every night and I'd sit in my car in the garage and I'd smoke some weed And you know I just like christened the car and then when I was 16 I was like okay I'm heading out um but I ended up saving up for that car. So I believe the car was 7,000. It was an Acura Integra and I saved up $3,500 working at AW. and I had $3,500 in cash in a sock in my sock drawer. And then once I had that money saved up, I went to my dad. And so he matched that. So like, I've always had like an instill, he instilled that in me to like be really responsible, um, but i you know what as soon as my my spiritual path started probably around the age of i don't know like serious spiritual path probably around 25 i started to kind of play like play, you know uh, develop like a spiritual ego and i started to have like a lot of judgment towards money and and towards materialism and i created major blocks for myself around that um I I would judge uh, people that had money as like, yeah, uh, you know, greedy people and rich people are greedy and these sorts of things. And uh, I started to really struggle with money. And, uh, you know, I, when I started being becoming an entrepreneur, I had a lot of struggle um, bringing abundance in. And uh, I had abundance in the sense of of a following and people and, you know, that sort of thing. I've never really had an issue with that, attracting people. But monetarily, it wasn't converting. Um, and I've had a lot of uh, challenging times financially. And uh, I it wasn't until recently that I've started to experience abundance. I would say probably in the last... Um, two or three years, I've started to experience um, financial abundance. And for me, it was about trust. I had two pretty, like, dark periods where I struggled financially, uh, which I'll talk about in the, the next question. And they really, well, in my in, in retrospect, it was the universe using finance finances to submit me to into surrender and uh because it was the, the one area that the universe knew meant a lot to me which was my business and these sorts of things so I've had really peaks and valleys in my business because I don't believe the universe is going to like completely starve someone out they're going to like starve you out for a bit make you surrender a bit learn how to trust and then they'll give you a little bit of abundance right so it's like that's how my journey went it was a lot of peaking and valleying. so I would say my 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 relationship with money went from pretty trusting because I didn't come from an upbringing where there was a lot of scarcity into judgment of money as something as as a bad thing. Um, and then it was used as a mechanism to help me trust and surrender in the universe and move from a scarcity mindset into an abundance mindset, which um, I have now. And actually, the last three years has been really, really instrumental in helping me achieve an abundance mindset so i'm pretty pretty lucky i feel pretty fortunate that way so um yeah i think that was everything i wanted to share can you can
0: you share with us matt like one of your uh favorite thoughts about money
1: one of my favorite thoughts about money
0: yeah or a belief you have that serves you
1: i love money i love money now and i think it's there's a part of me that when i was in the spiritual aspect of me, I would I was like a minimalist for a long time and I didn't I didn't have money and I was always like, oh, I don't really even want things, you know, and I don't even like buying birthday gifts for people. <laughs> and I I created all these stories around these sorts of things. And I would say, I don't want gifts from people. And and I was I was playing small because I didn't have. And then once I started to have, I started to realize that I actually really love Like when I go on vacation, like I'll go up and down like little main street strips in like small places and I'll like, I love spending money and supporting small businesses and like playing in this, this dance of reciprocity. um, You know, I I allocate like around a thousand dollars every month to supporting people like myself. So I hire coaches, I go to massage therapists, I see osteopaths, I, you know, do all these things that are good for my self-care, but I also do it because it's, I'm contributing to people that are small business owners and well, solopreneurs really. And, uh, ever since I started doing that, um, it's, I don't know, it's just, it's almost like I, I, I've had to learn to give. And when you give, you get back. It's like tithing and these sorts of things. And another thing I do actually is I, I go to the bank and I take a hundred dollars and I get it in five dollar bills, and I keep it in my uh, the thing that flips down in my car, whatever the sun thing. And whenever people, because there's a lot of homeless people in Calgary, and they'll come up to your car and, and ask for money, and I'll give out five dollar bills, right? And that's part of the way I like to give back and things like that. So ever since I started doing that, I really i feel like i'm in the flow i'm in the flow of reciprocity and things come to me and then i give back but if i ever start to fall into old patterning of scarcity mindset and i'm like oh well maybe i shouldn't give this because i might not have enough the universe pinches me off i feel it right it's really interesting so it's all about trusting and learning how to give and then you'll always get back tenfold to what you give um yeah as long as you're not giving to get I've learned that too. It's like you can't just give to to hope that you're going to get ten times back. It has to come from an altruistic place within, uh, and that's part of being of service to humanity. And like, um, so yeah, lots lots of learning actually in the last yeah. few years. Now that I think about it,
0: I think that's that's a hard thing to do. But yeah, thank you for sharing that. And I love that mm-hmm. uh, that five dollar. I didn't even know people still had five dollar bills like <laughs> at banks. And I'm, I'm cashless. Yeah, um,
2: that's really nice. Okay, thank yeah. you, yeah. <laughs> Rena, Let's hear from you. It's interesting how as I'm listening to you all share my ideas start to change and I'm <laughs> noticing that how I relate to money my relationship to how I relate to the masculine is currently evolving in the way my relationship to how I related to money has evolved. So like I remember I used to reject money, right? Mm. And 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 sort of the idea of it akin to akin to Matt it was, it was during that like period of spiritual awakening where I thought, Oh, all things material and monetary, you know, I don't mess with those things. Like Mm -hmm. I'm spiritual, you know, Mm -hmm. that is beneath me. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. Um, And then with the, you know, it was again, akin to that uh, with the masculine, I'm sort of going through this period of my life right now, when it comes to men and the masculine, where I'm, um, where I'm, uh, I'm recognizing this, like, actually the love for, for that was there all along, you know, and so I'm being reintroduced to it. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. It's very liberating. Um, I had a feast and famine upbringing, you know, so it was Mm -hmm. like, the utilities were getting cut off, or we didn't know where groceries were coming from. And I grew up in low income housing for a good chunk of the, the beginning of my life. And, And then simultaneously, suddenly there'd be like sushi dinners or like expensive clothes and gifts and things like that. And so it was very kind of jarring for me, but I made it work. And when we didn't have money and I wanted something, I created it. So, you know, I can remember being a kid and setting up a lemonade stand on the curbside, you know, and getting really comfortable with, creating what I wanted and asking for what I wanted. Um, I I set up a car wash. I think I was maybe like 10 at that point, mm-hmm. something like that. Set up a curbside car wash. And I learned the power of marketing. So imagine me in this like ridiculous wig. And I, I still can't believe, first of all, I can't believe I'm sharing this. But second of all, I still can't believe I did this. But mm-hmm. I had this like crazy wig on. And I went and put on this like ridiculous dress and I was on the curb holding up this side and just like I would whip the wig off my head and like swing it around. Anyway, people just thought this was so hilarious and so cute. And there was like a group of us standing by the curb and we we had this like car wash set up and we ended up making a bunch of money. And so very quickly, I learned the power of um, entrepreneurship, of asking for what you want, of selling of marketing and um that stayed with me <clears throat> and so i i would say like as far as my relationship to money goes currently i recognize it as you know two things one um currency you know and and i love that word current you know it's like it flows in and it flows out you know money flows right and mm-hmm it's used for the exchange of goods and services, you know, very simply. And, um, and two is that it's an idea, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of like my relationship to idea or the way, or or, sorry, money or the ways that I look at money currently are, are that it's, it's simply an idea you know, and, and I project all of my sort of internal beliefs, thoughts, ideas onto this, this notion of money. And then as a result, it reflects all of that back to me. Right. And so for me, what that points to more than anything, and what that has pointed to more than anything is my infinite capacity to create. Right. Like that, when I saw that it blew my mind. I was like, I'm creating everything, you know, I'm creating what relationships are and what they mean. I'm creating what, you know, who I am and what that means. I'm creating who you are and what that means. And I'm creating what money is and what that means. And when I started to get that, um, it really changed everything because then I could just hold money lightly and go, yeah, you know, sometimes I have it, sometimes I don't. If I want it, I ask for it, um, you know, I can create things that make the inflow and influx of money more easy. They facilitate that process with ease. Um, and the the season I'm in right now is one in which, as I mentioned earlier, it's so sort of synchronistic. The masculine I view as sort of this like form-giving form um, energy. And so I'm really good at flow, you know. Money flows in and money flows out and you know, I'm really good at this like flowy thing. And now I'm sort of in this process of building, you know. I'm in this process of building uh, uh um what do they say a river a river without like river banks is a flood, right? Mm-hmm. So so I'm now just kind of building so that the money can just flow into me in a way that um it hasn't been to this point, you know, it's been more sporadic, right? It's like one day I'll have $0 and the next day I'll have 5,000. And it's like, what is that? You know? So I know I'm great at creating it. um, And, and now it's just a matter of creating structure around it, you know, so that can happen more naturally and organically. And then I think one thing I want to say too um, is like, I'm really comfortable with asking for money. I'm really comfortable with the discomfort of asking for money. Um, And I'm also really comfortable spending it, you know. (laughs) And I want to speak to this asking thing, because that came with time and regulation. You know, I used to be a little more uncomfortable asking for money. And as the amounts got higher and higher, especially as I started you know, coaching for example, right um I remember the first time I asked someone for uh ten thousand dollars and that felt so edgy at the time, you know but what happened was there was like this recalibration that took place in my body. so I held the energy of asking for an amount of money that I had never asked for and all the stories and thinking and feeling that came up in that. And I just held it. um, And I didn't react. I just let it be there and waited for a response. And that as well became this sort of transformative experience for me, because what I got is like, you can ask for what you want. And, you know, and then and then you can let that be there. And they're either going to say yes or no, or they may ask you to explain why you know why you're asking for that much but um anyway that's that's kind of where I'm at with money right now at this point I could say so much more but I'll leave it there yeah
0: we, we will be saying so much more that's awesome <laughs> I have a question what at what age were you did you learn that lesson about like marketing and creating
2: well I was probably about 10 Wow. And I think I got it before that because the lemonade stand came even before that, but that that was like a pivotal moment. And I was about ten years old. and I just got you need a sign. No one's gonna know what you're doing if you don't have a sign <laughs> that says car wash, you know. And you need something that's gonna make you stand out, you know, because otherwise we're, I mean, yes, it's cute when you see kids and they have a car wash, right? But I thought, well, that's been done. What, like what, what'll make us stand out? And it was like, oh, well, if I'm whipping a wig off and swinging it around, that's (laughs) going to get people's attention, you know? So,
0: yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) Thirty-five. <laughs> I learned that lesson, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and I'm still learning it. So I, it's just so it's so cool that you've had such a, a long experience, like knowing that. I like I can tell by the way you talk about it, it's it's very deep knowing for you. Where totally. uh, it's not always that way for me, and I, I've learned this recently. This is a new skill that I've been in this solopreneurship game, um, which is actually a great segue for for our next question, which is: Have you ever suffered a financial setback, and how did it affect your money mindset? So this is perfect. Um, you guys, both both Matt and Reno, you both seem to have been entrepreneurs for a long time compared to me. This is fairly new for me. It was twenty twenty that I that I uh, opened my business, Willy's Mo. Hmm. Before that, I had always been in a corporate job. So, in that corporate world, it was in financial asset management here in downtown Toronto on Bay Street, which is like the equivalent of Wall Street. Um, I was making good money. Um, by my mid thirties, I was making six figures. I had a salary bonus options, all the things. Uh, so I got really used to having money and I started working there fresh out of university, whatever age that is, early twenties. So, and in my, previously my childhood, we were in a, a middle-class family. We didn't, I didn't, we didn't struggle too, too much, at least not that my parents ever let me see. So I didn't really know. Um. So yeah, I've never really had to deal with that with any kind of financial setbacks. And in my twenties and <clears> thirties, early thirties, i never worried about it i never worried about making ends meet i never worried about getting my bills paid i was probably making too much money for someone my age because i was just having all the fun which is so good now that i look back um it enabled me to go out i live that bachelor party city boy lifestyle like i was out almost every night of the week never thinking twice about whether i could afford it uh going on vacations there's always enough there's always enough right um and the, the next paycheck was just two weeks away so two weeks later i got another big dump of money in my bank account That was really nice so imagine my surprise when i started my own business and out goes the cushy paycheck and it all dried up really quick really really quick no more fancy lifestyle no more being able to go out with my friends having to say no a lot really sucked Mm -hmm. um literally anxiety about paying bills where am i going to pay this bill having to say no a lot. Um, I even had to move out of my place. I couldn't afford the mortgage in my place. So I had to move out of here. I had to move out and find somewhere else to live temporarily, um, which is actually when we started the podcast, I believe. Um, and I sold my car. So I had a car. I sold it. couldn't afford that either. I was on EI and government assistance in the in that first year of starting a business. Um, it was during COVID as well. It didn't help anything. So that was a, a, the first financial hardship that I ever had to experience. And it was really tough coming from such a abundant lifestyle to have it all kind of go away really quickly. But I did it on purpose because I knew that I had a, I didn't know, but I had a belief that if I stick with it and I focus my energy and I focus my mindset, that this was really going to pay off for me. And it did, it has. So I'm really happy to, I'm really happy to say that on the other side of it. Things have turned out just fine. So how did that affect my money mindset? Well, certainly put it to the test. Definitely went into scarcity mode quite a bit. Um, there's not enough. That was that was the thought all the time. Not enough. Here's the bills. Here's money coming in. Not enough. Not enough is very desperate. It's very scary. I felt very anxious. Um, it, it, but it did force me to really learn to surrender and I talked about it, and believe in myself. Because I had been so used to relying on this corporation to just give me a paycheck. And so that's why I asked you, Reno, when, when did you learn that lesson? Because the lesson that you learned so young, Reno, I didn't know that I could create my own wealth using my own you know, intuition, my own skills, my own talents, marketing. Like I didn't learn that until recently. So, um, But that has been the lesson. I think that is why the universe put me through that is to realize, hey, Michael, you don't have to rely on your boss to set your salary. You can rely on yourself to set your salary. So I learned now through that experience that I see money as something I could create from living my purpose, not as something that I have to earn through suffering, working through a nine-to-five. That's been the biggest game changer for me. And that actually that financial setback actually set me up for adopting more of an abundant money mindset. So now... I still have those moments of like, oh my god, what if it all disappears? Because, like you said, money comes, money goes. Right? Uh, it's not guaranteed. Some months are great; it's very abundant. Other months are not so great. Um, so, it it allows me to be to learn more about saving and not just spending willy nilly like I used to. I'm a bit more physically conservative uh, now um, than I used to be. So, yeah, that's that was my financial hardship. And again, it was wasn't too long ago that I had to go through that. So. Hmm. Let's hear from you guys. I'm I'm actually a little envious that you guys got to uh, um, learn these lessons about money, creating your own money, creating your own wealth early. Uh, I wish that for someone listening to this who's young, please listen to us. Like it, it is a wonderful thing. If that is if you're built that way and you're built as someone who, after listening to these episodes about purpose and discovering your purpose, if that appeals to you, if these episodes appeal to you, by all means, like you do have what it takes. Uh, and yes, you might need some coaching. Yes, you may need some help and support but it's been the most amazing journey for me.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Thanks for letting us into your, your reality and and doing so, so vulnerably because uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard when we are struggling financially to like want to share that with people because there's a lot of shame around it. Yeah. um, yeah, So I get it. I, um, I'm going into my 12th year of being an entrepreneur. So I left uh, a cushy, well, not as cushy as yours, but, um, I was working for Alberta Health Services, which is a government, provincial government um, organization as a mental health and addictions counselor. So I was making good money, about 80 grand a year or something like that. And um, I did it for two years, two and a half years, I think. And I, I don't like working for people. I hate it i hate answering to people i'm too i'm too visionary i'm too much of a visionary like i'm i want to be the one that makes the decisions for the organization not has to follow the decisions of the organization and um i knew that for myself from a very young age so i, I was always you know getting written up at work places for like you know i was just this just who i am so i'm like okay i know I go, i'm meant to be an entrepreneur so i left started my own private practice and it was like moderately successful, but it was just a grind, peaking and valleying. And uh, I went through a really rough patch. I went on a stress leave from work because uh, I, I ended up having to work for an organization on the weekends doing doubles. It was uh, And then I decided to give that all up and I moved to Vancouver and I started working at a gym. And again, I lasted six months and then I was like, peace out, this sucks. <laughs> and I started hustling. And I started, that's when I started building like, you know, my fitness nutrition business. And I, I started just riding my bike around to, to condo gyms and like training got different guys that I had met online and, um, uh, things like that. And from, from the Steve Nash gym that I had worked at and that went really well. And then um, that was kind of how things started to, to to peak. And I ended up peaking really well in the fitness industry. Like I had a, ton, a big social following. Um, I was finally, for the first time in my career, making really good money as an entrepreneur. And uh, I'm like, I made a five-year plan that I was going from the time I was living in Vancouver that I was like, I'm going to become an online coach and I'm going to be living abroad and I'm going to travel and I'm going to go to Thailand. That's what I said. So I did, I did it in four years, not five. So I packed up my stuff, put it in storage, went to Asia. And I left Calgary with 33 clients and I was making really good money and was living in Asia, living the life. And then COVID struck and I one after the other email after the other after the other clients cancelling like the gyms are closed right i can't uh afford this like all the things and i, I ended up coming back to cal uh, well yeah to calgary with three so 33 to three clients and uh it was really humbling uh I had a lot of shame i was demoralized it was really crappy and I wasn't quite sure what it was that I wanted to do, but I just, uh, well, there was a period where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And then it started to become clear to me um, that this is all a sign. This is because I, it was interesting. My, my fitness and nutrition coaching was turning into counseling sessions and my clients were like loving it. And like I, the old me that had this really deep desire and sole purpose to counsel people, was coming through and uh I started working with like food addiction and and people uh, wanting to deal with the emotional side of weight loss and that's what my 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 fitness and nutrition practice started m- morphing into um so anyways I came back I had to go on CERB which is like the um the assistance that the government gave to people in Canada and uh lived off of that for a while and then just slowly built up my counseling practice. And, uh, it's been a grind. And just in the last uh, two years, things have been flourishing. Um, but there was periods where I was really struggling and, and when I was living in Vancouver specifically, cause it's so expensive there, um, you know, having to borrow money off of friends and, uh, you know, it's funny though, there, I, I always had just enough and it was really interesting. I ended up finding this, uh, I was super stressed. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent this month. My rent was like $1,800, had like $700 in the bank and shit you not, I'm literally walking across the street from the beach and there was a gold bracelet laying in the crosswalk and I'm picking up, I'm looking around and no one's there. So I'm like, okay, sweet. Held on to it. And then I was like, I'm going to actually take this into the gold shop. And I got $1,100 for it. I had $700 in my bank. That was my my rent for the month. So the universe was always providing, you know, and it, that was when I started learning trust and like, okay, like I'm going to be taken care of. I just have to trust that this is what I'm being meant to do. And that's when I started to surrender. I sh- started to surrender into the fear, actually, the fear of scarcity, I surrendered into it. And it was just like, okay, if I'm going to be annihilated, I'm going to be annihilated. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Right. And uh, that was a really opportunity for me to just let go. And then my abundance mindset started to grow from that place, because I wasn't holding on so desperately to fear. And uh, I just went into the fear, right, instead of trying to avoid it, And resist it i went into it and then it transmuted and i started to develop an abundance mindset so um yeah very very stressful not having money is very very stressful and actually it's one of the the biggest contributors to like um loneliness and social isolation is is lack of um money because we can't go out we can't do things so we stay at home and then there's the shame of not having money that you can't be out with your friends because they all have money you don't want to feel awkward and so we stay home and we isolate and it creates loneliness so um yeah yeah also one of the number one uh reasons
0: for couples to have conflict i think it is the number one reasons couples have conflicts
1: yeah keep your money money. separately yo that's what i do (laughs) yeah I ain't joining finances with nobody
0: (laughs) yeah it's tough it it is tough and and having gone through that I I remember feeling that same sense of shame and inadequacy. same thing I guess Mm -hmm. um that I used to be able to do this and my people have seen me like oh this is this is my perception out into the world and all of a sudden I didn't live in this place anymore I couldn't do the things I want to do and that was we talked about this in the reinvention podcast a a while back Mm. um And I just realized, like, I knew, like, this is just, I have to go through this. And part of me, intuitively, not in my brain, definitely not Mm -hmm. in my brain, but part of me, like, felt, even though this is very uncomfortable, it was the right thing to do. And I see now why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So these financial setbacks, if anyone's listening to us today, and they are currently in a a financial setback, I, I hope that these stories are are inspiring you as well, because it just, cause you're in, it. I remember thinking this as well. I thought, Oh, this is the rest of my life now. I'm just never going to have money again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but that has changed. So Rena, let's hear from you.
2: Well, it's so funny that you say, uh, you know, you thought this was going to be the rest of your life and, and it really does feel that way in the moment. And I think that's true about so many things. Like we're talking about money here today, but I want you to consider, you know, like, how we do one thing is how we do most things, you know, and, and, and so like, I've just seen situations where I thought like, oh, no, I'm never going to be happy again, or oh, I'm going to be single for the rest of my life, etc, 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 right? It all seems so permanent, and so doom and gloom. And yet, what I've discovered is that, in my capacity, there's, um, I just pulled up this quote because I was trying to remember it. Blaise Pascal is his name. And he Mm. says, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. Mm. And, you know, I think that these these setbacks that I'm about to share, um, they forced me to do that in a way to to sit and to reconcile with some of these worst case scenarios whether they happened in actuality or they were imagined ones that i was just forced to reconcile with internally you know um i had i had one when i went to bali and came back after 6 months i came back and i was broke and i had gone out there i was building a business with a friend and it started to thrive and then we had a falling out and then I spent two weeks in Kuala Lumpur with my friend Alex partying and it was amazing. And then I came back to my hometown and um, licked my wounds. And to be honest, I spent about five years uh, living in a house with my friend and her two girls in a small room, um, which was lovely. Like the house was in a lovely neighborhood. I'm not trying to paint this like, horrible picture here because it really wasn't that um it was in sort of a middle upper class neighborhood um wonderful family beautiful experience but the reason the reason why I'm sharing this is because it lasted about five years I think it was you know and during that period I was making money through coaching and it would come and it would go but I wasn't making a lot of money. And I was making enough to live and to, you know, enjoy myself more or less, uh, give or take. And I was navigating and reconciling with all of these judgments and stories I had in my head. Oh, people are looking at me and thinking, my God, why is this guy living with this woman and her two girls? You know, there was all of this story and this narrative about what was happening and why it was wrong and why I should be doing something other than what I was doing at the time. That five years liberated me in ways that I am still benefiting from to this day. And my friend, bless him, said something that has stayed with me ever since. He said, Reno, you are essentially um." the equivalent of a sort of buddhist monk in a monastery he said the, the only difference is the monastery is a room in your friend's house on the upper level you know but but in essence like the last five years you've you've spent in in inside doing the work and you know and and giving up all of these sort of common external material things in service to the opportunity to go deep in a really spiritual and emotional way. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, yeah, it really was that. And that, that whole experience set me free, you know, mm-hmm. and then, and then more recently um, before I had been invited to work at the the school, I was offered a contract with this erotic school And prior to that, I had taken a sabbatical from coaching because I just there was no professional libido. And I was like, I'm not going to force this. I'm not going to fake it. I'm just going to drop it. So I dropped it, not knowing what was going to happen, what was going to come next. I went down this rabbit hole. Right. I was like, oh, no, I don't know when it's coming, what's coming. But I just let it be there because there was no there was no inspiration. There was no juice to go out and make anything happen. Well, about, uh, you know, several months after that, I show up to a town hall, and I'm in that town hall, and I raise my hand, and I share some things and ask a question. I'm asked to email them. I email them. Two meetings later, I'm offered a contract with an erotic school right? I could not have seen that coming. Hmm. And I can't tell you how many times things like that have happened in my life where the money just shows up. I mean, Matt, you just talked about it. Um, it just it just shows up. And so to be really transparent, I resigned from the school about a month ago because it was no longer a fit. And I'm in a space right now where I am building and I'm creating and i'm returning to my work as a coach because i feel really excited about it again and i'm you know it's it's taking on new shape and new form and new energy and so i'm very excited about that and simultaneously in the background there's like oh i've got bills to pay you know i need to make money um i've i've got debt as well and i'm i'm sharing all of this because It doesn't have to stop you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes people think that, and I thought this too at one point, that just because I'm in debt, like, because I'm in debt, that means I can't be creating. I can't be coaching. I'm not worthy. I shouldn't be seeing my friends. I shouldn't be going out and doing things I love. I can't create anything. I can't, you know, create the things that I love. You know, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve that because I don't have money. And that's just not true. And I've seen it and experienced it for myself. You know, I've I've still coached and served clients powerfully. When I've had debt in the background, I've had zero dollars and, you know, and created and built and grown something, you know, that was income generating with zero dollars and and debt in my account, student loan debt and personal debt. Right. So it's it's totally possible. And that changed everything for me. You know, this recognition that, like, I'm creating it all. I'm making up that I can't go outside. I'm making up that I can't build a business, that I can't ask for money, that I can't create what I want because I don't have money. And the last thing I'll say is, like, I remember there was this one summer. Um, um I was... <laughs> I... I was um, hopping back and forth between three yachts, sipping Dom Perignon, Mm -hmm. right? And it cost me zero dollars to do that. So, like, people think, oh, money, money will, like, buy me experience, money will buy me security, money will buy me power, money will buy me freedom. Like, none of those things in actuality are true, you know, and case in point. It's like, you know, when I had, like, sometimes when I had money, I was... I wasn't actually free, you know, I wasn't actually secure or powerful because I was like, oh, no, well, what if it runs out? Then what? Then who am I? You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as I mentioned, I was having these luxury experiences and I paid zero dollars for them, you know? So what does that tell you? What does that tell me? What it tells me and how it, um, how it affected my money mindset? Is it basically just like, destroyed it and you know and then like re reinvented it completely i was like oh everything i thought about money it was bullshit it it was made up and so i just made up a new story right um yeah
0: if it's all made up anyway might as well make up a story that serves you
2: you know yeah and then and then in the same way that we reinforce every other story we make up start looking for reinforcements of the new story. You know, that's all I did. I was like, oh, yeah, okay, right. Like, it can happen this way. It does happen this way. It can look like this. And there's proof, and there's proof, and there's proof, you know, Mm -hmm. game changer. Mm -hmm.
0: I love that. So,
2: so Rino, you're back to coaching? Yeah, so I'm coaching again. I'm you know, I'm coaching, I'm facilitating. I've got I'm launching something in November on my birthday, which I'm excited about. I'm not going to say anything, but I'll let y'all know later. Yeah, yeah. Um and uh and I'm I'm writing as well. So there's like a lot of stuff happening cool. in the background right now. And to be again, to be transparent, like I have enough money for like food. Um, My rent is going to be late this month. This is me being really transparent and it feels really edgy to say all of this, you know, but it's like I'm building again and this is sometimes what it looks like, but that hasn't stopped me from like going all in on the things that I want and asking for what I want and, you know, enjoying my life. I still get up every day. I still love myself and take care of myself and do what I love and, you know, and move in the direction of what matters to me, you know, yeah, because, right. because I can, because why not?
0: Love it. Yeah. Good for you. So much passion. <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> so viewers, listeners, if you like what Reno's saying, it just got Reno.com. You can find Reno there. He is
2: uh, open for business. Yeah. <laughs> a little, little <laughs> so plug fun. for you, Reno. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he'll even whip a wig around. it. Yeah, that's me. right.
2: You know what? I just might. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, guys. Our last question is is one that I I think is a fun one. Um, if you won one million dollars, how would your life change and how would it remain the same? I initially wanted to ask the common, okay, what would you do with with money? But I thought, eh, let's make, let's make this a little bit more interesting and and talk about how your life would change and how it wouldn't. Um, so, I guess I'll I'll start. Yeah, this has been the pattern. Um, I will say, if I woke up and there was an extra million dollars in my bank account even though i just said money doesn't create happiness i would be very happy <laughs> but it wouldn't be the money that made me happy it'd be the thought i was having like oh my gosh what am i going to do with all this money that thought is what actually creates the happiness mm-hmm. uh so how would my life change is i would definitely invest more in the things that matter to me and as i've gotten older I like to differentiate between spending and investing. And I'll kind of tell you how I differentiate that. Mm-hmm. I invest in assets that appreciate and like the common one that people use is like real estate, you buy a house that a house appreciates over time more, most often than not, and something that depreciates would be something like a car, you buy the car and then over time it depreciates. So I like to invest in things that I think are appreciating assets. One of those assets is me so i would invest in myself <laughs> my own coaching mentoring uh training uh that also includes my health so i think any 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 kind of money i spend on my health is an investment um on me i would invest in my businesses um wellismo gayman's brotherhood i would definitely put money in that uh, all these things in my mind will appreciate over time i would invest in my friends and family <clears throat> that meaning I might just literally give them chunks of money because why not, because I can but also um, experiences with them. So one thing I would love to do is um, just pay for all my favorite people to go on a a vacation somewhere, on me, expenses paid. I think that'd be so fun. And you know what the funny thing is, as I was thinking about doing this, I was more excited about the look on their faces about telling them the news, not the actual trip. I just wanna be like, like, hey guys, here's what I'm giving you just to see that look of surprise. Um, and then another thing would be like organiz- organizations and causes that maybe I don't have a lot of experience um, with you know, creating value in, but that really matter to me that I'm not necessarily an expert in, not my zone of genius, but I would definitely help some of those organizations with doing the work that they are really good at doing. Mm. Um, so yeah, I would definitely that that's how I see investments. I would also spend money on depreciating assets, totally for sure. I'd buy a car, I'd get a new bike. Um, I don't think I'd really change the way I look. I think I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really much a clothes fashion guy. So I don't think that would change very much. I still wear the same old 15 year old shirts I've been wearing for <laughs> so long. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's how I would change. That's some of the things that would change. How my life would stay the same would be, it's always going to be that, that there's always going to be good days and always going to be bad days. And I know that I know that with money comes money problems because I worked in asset management for 13 years and some of the Richest clients we had had the biggest problems because they had to deal with tax situations. They had to deal with people trying to rip them off, people trying to scam them, people trying to come for their money, getting sued. They had to deal with accountants and lawyers and all these things. And, and it 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 the problems were always there. So you're gonna have problems with not having money and you're gonna have problems with having money. So that's how things wouldn't change. There's always gonna be good days and there's always gonna be bad days. And I know that. Um, and something I found uh in Fortune magazine. This is interesting. I don't know if you guys heard this. So they did a study in March of this year, and they found that happiness, people's happiness, plateaus once they make five hundred thousand. After five hundred thousand, you're not any more happy.
2: Yeah,
0: which I thought is I thought was interesting. So yeah, that's that's my answer. I'd invest in myself and the people I love and the businesses that I have and organizations, and then uh, what wouldn't change would be I'd still have shit days and I'd still be. <laughs> mopey days and Mm. uh i'd still have my problems and that's how that would go although i guess i guess i would say that when you have money you have more solutions and access to solve those problems Mm -hmm. potentially
1: interesting point about the the five hundred thousand dollars because i think um, money starts to lose value and it's interesting you look at some of these corporate elite People in this world. And if money loses value, what's the next thing that you want? What does money give you? It gives you power and respect. So, you know, you, when money loses value, you start going for power. Right. I think that's where some of these, you know, this really kind of egoic narcissistic energy comes from in these like, you know, higher, you know, richest people in the world kind of kind of yeah. crap. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't know how much my life would change, to be honest. Like, there's a couple things that came up for me and one was that I wouldn't want to tell anybody because I have this thing that's like uh, I wouldn't want people to like change how they feel about me and I also wouldn't want um people to think I'm bragging like I always have this thing and it's like you know dim your light I don't want people to be jealous of me or whatever so I don't know there's a part of me that's like don't tell anybody then there's a part of me that's like I would because I'd want to share and celebrate and But I think the only thing that would change for me, to be completely honest, is that I would hire almost like a manager or an assistant full-time. Like, I'm tired, yo. I'm really tired. I'm running a full-time business, and I'm running a part-time business. Michael and I are splitting, right? So it's like, it's a lot. Like, I have a lot on my plate, and I really, really just want someone to take on all the shit that I don't want to do. I want to create. I want to engage. And I want to, yeah, write. I want to write my book. I've had a book idea for the last year and a half for my my second book, and I have no time or energy to write because I'm just kind of, yeah. right. So I know that's going to come eventually. That'll come, but that would accelerate the process of being able to hire somebody. Um, yeah, I'll leave it there. I yeah, second my that. life wouldn't gonna, change a ton.
0: I'm <laughs> gonna. St- I'm gonna also. I would hire someone as well. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Yeah. I would take three months off of of working with clients, actually, and I would just reset my system and I would go and just live somewhere warm and just every day get up and like write and write my book in that three months and get all my ideas out. And uh, because I think I have a backlog of of content inside of me that needs to be pumped out, but I just have had zero energy (laughs) to to share it. So, yeah. What about you. you, Reno? Yeah.
2: Wait, what would that book be about?
1: As I already know the title and everything, it's going to be called "The Pursuit of Worthiness,"
2: oh and it's going God.
1: to it's going to be healing the "I'm not good enough" wound that pretty much every human being has. It's going to be all about that. So trauma healing, shame healing, uh, codependency healing, like all the things that contribute to the "I'm not good enough" wound. I really want to write a book that can help people through that wound.
2: I can't so wait to pre-order. Can I get on? <laughs> yeah, order totally. Yeah, one hundred percent. If there's anyone who could talk about that shit, it's you. So yeah. Yeah, thank you. Thank yeah, you. definitely. Hmm. Um, yeah, this question was so fun. So, yeah. and I I had left some things out that I thought of as you were sharing. So thanks for thanks for the prompt. Um, so I'd probably be pretty low profile as well, to be honest. Like because I just wouldn't want a whole lot to change. Like I would just, you know, but. But people might notice something because I'd maybe like be getting dinner more than I normally did or something like that here and there. They'd be like, oh, thanks. You know, that's cool. Um, but so what I what I had written down as an answer, this was really fun. So I said I I'd call up my friend back home and ask him to help me put it to work so I could have and use more of it for for the goods, services, and giving that I value. Um, Cause he's really good at that, and I just I acknowledge like I'm good at you know getting money, asking for it. But as far as like holding on to it and putting it in different places, I'd hire someone to do that in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd hire a coach and an assistant. Thanks, Matt. I I didn't think of an assistant, but I thought of a coach because coaches, man, you want to like you want to like flip, you know yourself essentially, and everything that comes with being you, like hire a coach, you know, um, it's, yeah. So I would I would absolutely invest in a coach and an assistant. I donate $5,000, um, 1,000 um, per cause. So five causes, $1,000 per cause. I'd spend probably about $5,000 on some new threads. Cause I just like, it would be fun <laughs> to go shopping. Um, and then I'd spend a, a small chunk to celebrate with my friends and family. Um, and then I would just carry on living and enjoying my life in a way similar to the, the way I do now, you know, like I'd still go for hikes and walks and, you know, just basically just do everything I've been doing more or less, but, but yeah, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting one because, you know, it's like I already do nearly everything that I enjoy and would do if I had more money. It's like yeah, nature's man. free. Friends are free. Learning is free. And you can also invest in it. You know, yeah. playing is free. Um, So, you know, yeah. Yeah.
0: The best things in life are
2: free. That's, that's Well, that's it, yeah. right? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think it says a lot that to answer that question, if you really look at it and, and, you know, your life wouldn't change that much. I think it says that you're already living in a pretty good alignment and in integrity with the things that matter to you, which is a good thing.
2: Yeah. Like, listen, the, you know, like, I think, what is it? A Jeep Cherokee? Is that, is that what the, no, no, sorry, a Bronco, a Bronco. Like, I would love a Bronco and I would love like a Harley and I would you know, I don't know, like there's little things, you know, maybe I'd buy a surfboard or something like that. And like it, there's just, it's like, but it's like, you know, that stuff's great. I'm not like, I would totally enjoy it, but like without it, I'm good too. You know, it's just, it's all just icing on an already delicious and delightful cake. Right. And, and the beauty is I know what it's like to have none of that, so if someone and and i'm good in myself so if someone came along and took it all away from me like i'm like okay cool like i was there already Mm. (laughs) you know yeah and i'm saying that as a single a single independent right i know it's different if you have kids and your partner and stuff so of course i'm i'm acknowledging that yeah
0: Love it. So I want to hear from our, our viewers and listeners too. If you guys like that question, if you won $1 million, how would your life change? How to remain the same? So uh, feel free to put your own answers in the, uh, if you're watching us on YouTube, you can put in the comments. Um, we'd love to read that. Uh, also join us in the Gay Men's Brotherhood Facebook group. Where we'll be talking about uh, the theme this month was living your purpose, which includes money um, on the last Thursday of the month. Anything else you guys want to add before I wrap up?
2: No. All right. Reno, no. just like, (laughs) have fun. Just have fun. You know, (laughs) like, just let money be fun. You know, let money be fun. Be open to be open to asking for it and not having to give something in return. Be open to abundance showing up in unexpected and miraculous ways and moments. Be, be open to, um, This is the last thing I'll say, sorry. It's just this topic is so juicy. There's like this verse in scripture and it's like, to those who have, more will be given. And to those who have not, all will be taken. Hmm. And what I discovered about that phrase is it has more to do with one state of being. So Hmm. if you are moving through the world as if you have not and abundance isn't already given, then then it's just going to continue to like evade you, so to speak. But I think if, if, as we begin to wake up and look at our lives and go, Oh my gosh, like these blankets, you know, this pillow, this like roof over my head, like nature, the sun is peeking through my window, you know, and not Mm -hmm. like, Oh fuck. Like, you know, I don't have enough. I need more. It's like, well, you know, have fun with that. It sucks. Mm -hmm. Right. So Uh, You know, why not have fun with money and kind of start to look at what you do have already? Promise you more of it's going to start coming in like that. Yeah,
0: that's the abundance mindset. Speaking of money mindset, right? So abundance doesn't just mean dollars and cents. Abundance Mm -hmm. comes in so many ways. You got to get creative with it. Like Reno just said, no, there's all kinds of ways you can you can find abundance in your life. You just have to look for it. Right. Right. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Reno and Matt, for your wisdom as always. Um, mm-hmm. It's always a pleasure sharing the space with you. Um, for our viewers and listeners, if you're listening uh, on a podcast provider, please go ahead and give us five stars if you enjoyed the show. If you didn't, don't say anything at all. Uh, mm-hmm. As I said, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, please share your comments on on uh, what we've talked about here. We would love reading them. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye.